Welcome to Mind Love, Episode 2. Today's episode is all about getting high the natural way. You don't drink a witch's brew. You just don't do that. But the girl that I brought down, she wanted to do it, so... And don't worry, no drugs were ingested in the making of this show. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Today we're diving into holotropic breathwork. Holotropic breathwork is basically a breathing exercise that's supposed to get you high without any substances. I found out about holotropic breathwork through an event happening in LA late last year, and I decided I had to sign up. The reviews on it were amazing. People were basically saying they were having experiences from hallucinations to enlightenment to spiritual awakenings just through doing this breathing exercise, and I knew I had to be a part of it. It was developed by a Czech psychiatrist named Stan Groff, who was influential in studying the effects of LSD on the psyche, otherwise known as the field of psychedelic therapy. So Stan sets off to study the effects of patients on LSD versus not on LSD. Basically, their mental defenses were down, and so he was able to work with them so that they could access stuff that needed to be released from their psyche much more freely and to be able to actually bring it up and effectively release it out of their system and their body. So Stan is discovering all these amazing benefits of LSD, and he called the states of consciousness that his patients would access non-ordinary states of consciousness. Suddenly, LSD is banned, and he can't do his research anymore. So he sets off on a search to find other ways that people can access non-ordinary states of consciousness without the use of substances. His research led him to study what traditional societies had done, such as shamanic societies, Buddhism, the works. What he found was, was that traditional societies, the common threads of what they used were one, some kind of sound, whether it was music or in the case of shamanism, it was drumming or rattling. And then second of all, in many cases, it was something to do with the breath. Stan gathered all this knowledge and began scientific trial and error research with test study groups. What really attracted me to this was that this is not a healing modality that someone said they downloaded from the universe or they just came to them or something. This was actually done through scientific trial and error method. Michael's a logical guy. He has a background in chemical engineering. But one day he takes a trip to Peru with a lady. And he's presented with the option of bringing a shaman along on his week-long trip for a mere hundred dollars. So I figured out why not. It could be fun. So, so we took him along with us. And um, uh, like one day into the trip, he, through, a, through an interpreter, he didn't speak English, he just spoke his kind of native language down there, tribal language, said that if we wanted to, we could uh, participate in a religious ceremony that they did down there. So I'm going, okay, what's that? And so he said, uh, well, it works like this. I go out in the rainforest and I find this vine and this leaf and I kind of put it all together and put it in a big cauldron pot and boil it up and mix it all together and you drink it. Now, 
you have to understand, for me, I'm in chemical engineering, right? It's like in chemical engineering, you mix 0.25 grams of this and 0.52 grams of this. You don't drink a witch's brew. You just don't do that. And so I'm going, oh, my God, I can't do this. But but the girl that I brought down, she wanted to do it. So, you know, you, you know how social pressure works out. I, I didn't want to look like a wimp. Classic case of even the apple, if you ask me. Just a little background. Ever since I was a child, like my parents were uh, Nazi Germany escapees. And, uh, you know, they had lived in their, in Germany for their family for hundreds of years and had really been like major players in their towns. Like uh, uh, my uh, grandfather had the Iron Cross for saving a bunch of people's lives in World War I on the German side. And then they had to run for their lives. And so, you know, ever since I was a child, I had kind of, um, imprinted this belief that the world is not a safe place. You know, you can't even trust your country. So that was kind of this childhood imprint that I grew up with. And so this was really like a breakthrough experience for me, like really feeling, yes, you know, the world is a safe place and everything has a reason. It happens for a reason. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's not like I have to put up this protective shield all the time. You know, it turns out that it was ayahuasca, which I'd never heard of before. And I ended up having this amazing experience of connection with the universe that it was really the first time in my life that I had felt like really the universe was a safe place and it just totally blew my mind I felt like I was kind of part of everything and dissolved into everything and so when I got back um, this was before I knew about holotropic breathwork I kind of was thinking along the same lines as Stan Groff in that well if I can have this experience with a substance like that in Peru, then the receptors are there in my brain, so there should be a way to, to kind of access those same receptors without a substance. And that was what kind of started me on the search that ultimately brought me to holotropic breathwork. Once Michael started holotropic breathwork, he ended up having an experience very similar to his ayahuasca experience. And after that, he was hooked. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. 
But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. The underlying principle of breath work is that everybody has this inner healing capability that they already have inside of them. It's just that your mind gets in the way. So this is not like other things that, I mean, I explored other things after I got back from Peru. One was uh, shamanism and I actually went through a three-year shamanic training program. But what really um, attracted me to breathwork is that they call people after the training program, they call you facilitators. And so it's not like your leaders or gurus or this or that. And basically your job is just to support people and getting their mind out of the way so that they can access this innate healing power that they already have, which is, to me, it's just like what I would call radical self-empowerment. It's like you already have everything you need. You know, we don't need to be the intermediary. We don't need to channel energy. It's like we're just there to basically get everything off to the side so you can access this inner healing power. And it, it makes sense because in the same way that your body, if you have a cut, it heals itself. Your mind doesn't have to figure it out. Your psyche has the same capability. It's just that you've got to get all the all the layers that are kind of in between out of the way so that you can access it. So I've, I've always been tuned into stuff that really tells people or allows people to understand that they can do it all themselves and they don't need to basically have someone else to that they have to keep running to to keep supporting them to to do their own healing. So that that really turned me on to, to this modality of breath work. As part of his research, Stan cataloged thousands of experiences and realized that they all fell into five basic categories. The first one is what they call a sensory experience. There is energies that are stuck in your body that are generally stuck there because of emotional or traumatic experiences that you've had in your past that your mind did not feel safe in letting you fully experience and release. So they're kind of stuck in your body. And there's a, a body imprint and some body armoring around that. For instance, um, your body can get super hot, and then it gets super cold, or it can get stiff, or it's like all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't think would be able to happen can start happening in your body. And uh, Sometimes if you're not prepared for it, it can be a little unnerving just because, uh, you know, if, if you feel sweaty and then two minutes later you feel ice cold or uh, one of the most interesting things that can happen is something that they call tetany. There is a basic physiological um, reality in your body that in order to get the best relaxation and release, that it's best to tense up the muscle as much as possible first. So if you want to relax your body as much as possible, the best way is to tense up every muscle in your body for 10 or 15 seconds and then let go and your body will go completely the other way. If you've ever taken a yoga class and right before Shavasana, they have you curl up in a tight little ball and squeeze all of your muscles. Well, this is probably why. This tetany is where it generally happens in your hands. It can happen in your feet or, or your toes also. But your body is trying to maximize the tension in your hands to get the best possible release of energy that's stuck in your hands. During my holotropic breathwork experience, I definitely felt tetany firsthand. No pun intended. 
I also felt some mild numbing around the face and a few gentle eye twitches. Nothing too unnerving, but I was definitely feeling the energy moving throughout my body. So pretty much any of that stuff can happen to your body. It's all totally normal, and it's all like energy that's been stuck for years or decades getting permission to actually start moving and releasing. A second experience is what they call a biographical experience. And that's where you re-experience, and um, many people actually do have visuals when they have this type of experience. These biographical experiences can range from something that happened just a few years ago to childhood, all the way to possibly past life experiences. And usually... The biographical experiences occur because it was something that created a really intense emotion that wasn't allowed to properly release. So now someone can go re-experience it and allow that emotion to fully work through them. Uh, One example is there was this guy who came and uh, he'd always been afraid of water his entire life and he had no idea why because he never had a bad experience with water. But even if he put a toe in a swimming pool, he would like almost have a panic attack. And during his breathwork section, session, he actually had a visual experience of being back in the uh, early 1800s and uh, falling into a river and drowning. And he actually experienced this whole thing of drowning where he couldn't breathe. It was a super intense experience for him. It was very difficult to go through, actually. But after that, he wasn't afraid of water anymore. So... And again, whether or not it really was a past life experience or if that's just the way is what we call inner healer brought him the experience so he would get it the most most impactful way, it worked and he was no longer afraid of water. The third type is what they call a perinatal experience. By the time psychology was developed by Freud, it was widely believed that nothing that happened before you were born actually had any effect on you. And the reason they believe that was because when you're in the womb, your brain is not actually what they call myelinated enough to form like what you would now consider a normal kind of word memory. And so they figured, well, if you can't form these memories, then nothing's happening. And what they found since then is that that is true, but your body from the time you're conceived forms what they call implicit body memories and sensory memories in your body. One of the things that Stan Groff says affects us humans so much is the actual birth process itself. So you start and you're in phase one and you're in this beautiful oceanic womb and everything's taken care of for you and you're warm and you're cozy. And then suddenly you get to phase two and you're being squeezed out of this tiny tunnel and you think it's never going to end because for a fetus, a minute feels like a lifetime. You're literally just doubling your life as the minutes go by. So suddenly the birth canal opens and you're fighting at the end of the tunnel to get out. And Michael says that there are studies that show that babies that have been delivered via C-section have a little bit harder of a time overcoming obstacles than those who have already overcome that very first obstacle of squeezing themselves out of the birth canal that was imprinted on their psyche. So the birth process ends up being a pretty common thing that people relive during their holotropic breathwork experience. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. 
It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MindLove. The fourth kind of experience is what they call a transpersonal experience. And uh, that's one where you actually have an experience that you could like never have in this kind of what they call ego encapsulated body. It's where like the kind of experience that I had in Peru where you feel like you're dissolved into the universe. You're like in the stars. You're part of everything. This is my personal holy grail of non-ordinary states of consciousness because this is where you access universal intelligence or the collective consciousness. You might have a vision of a family member in another country doing something in particular and then call them later and find out they were doing that exact same thing. One example is there was this woman who had uh, um, a very bad experience with her mother when she was a child. She felt it was very abusive and hadn't spoken to her in 20 years. And she had this experience during the breath work of actually being in, in her mother's body when her mother was a child and seeing her mother going through her childhood. And what she saw was that her mother had, had had this intensely abusive relationship from 
her parents. And when she actually saw that, she afterwards she checked it out with her mother. Her mother never talked about it, but most of it was more or less accurate. It completely reframed her experience of her childhood, where before it had been like, you know, my mother was abusive to me. You know, she hated me. She was just punishing me and this and that. To now looking at, you know, this was just kind of an imprint that her mother had when she was a child. That was how she grew up. That was kind of like, like inner inner body imprint, and and it wasn't anything really to do with her. It was just her mother passing on this genetic conditioning. So she she recreated this whole relationship with her mother and, and had this, you know, went forward in her life with this, you know, really close amazing relationship that wouldn't have been available to her before based on this reframing she had done based on this transpersonal experience. And the final category of experience that Stan Graf noted was what he called the yogic sleep state, where you just go into a very deep relaxation. Some people, when they have enlightenment experiences, they, they describe it like that, where you actually completely lose track of everything. And it can go for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, at some point, you just kind of come out of it and go, whoa, what happened there? And that all happens to me, especially when people are, have super stressed bodies and lifestyles and their body just needs this like super relaxation experience. Now I'm going to let you in on how holotropic breathwork works. But as a disclaimer, Mike and Stan do not recommend that you do this on your own. So you begin by just inhaling to about 95%, then exhaling to about 95%, and then you repeat the process. Your breathing will become very cyclical, but you're not getting that satisfaction of the full inhale and the full exhale. You might think that you're just going through oxygen deprivation, but it's actually a lack of carbon dioxide in the body that leads to a rise in pH levels in the blood. If you attend one of the workshops, you're given a partner that's there to monitor your entire experience, including making sure that you don't pass out and even walking you to the bathroom. If you're anything like me, you might be thinking, well, that sounds boring AF, but apparently it's as profound as the actual breathwork itself. Really, when you're sitting, it's in essence like a presence meditation where you're just being present for another human being for three hours. And for some people, it's the first time they've ever done that in their entire lives. And where you just put your stuff aside and be present. And it's just an amazing experience, not only to be able to put your stuff aside and just kind of be in service to another person for that time period and just see how that feels but also just to be a sitter and to be kind of a witness of what's going on in the room with people releasing all this stuff that's been stuck inside them for decades. And just to see like the courage of people being willing to access this stuff and release it and really like focus on their personal growth. It's just uh, many people say that the sitting experience is at least as profound, if not more profound than the breathing experience. A woman who came to a workshop once, we didn't see her for about a year afterwards. And when she came back, she shared that couple months after her breathwork experience, her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And for the next six, seven months, she kind of went through this process with her mother while she was passing. And she said that had she not been in this breathwork workshop and actually had this experience of being a sitter, it would have been completely different for her with her mother. It would have been about, oh, what's going to happen to me when, when my mother dies? Oh, I'm going to be lonely, this and that and the other. And she wouldn't have really been able to be with her mother in a way that supported her mother during the process. And instead, 
she just took this imprint from the sitting experience and used it with just being able to be with her mother while her mother was going through this, this process and have just this amazing completion with her. So, so both experiences are extremely valuable. Whether you're the sitter or the breather, there's always work to be done. And as the breather, it's not just physiological. Part of it can be that psychological choice that you are there to work through something. It's like you gave permission to your psyche to release certain things that you've been holding on to throughout this lifetime or even past lifetimes. And if you remember what we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, Stan Graf realized that traditional methods to reach non-ordinary states of consciousness not only use the breath, but also sound. And sound plays a really big part in the holotropic breathwork experience. You're breathing for three full hours, and the sound is structured with a certain trajectory to help aid in your physical and your emotional release, and to help you kind of drop deeper into the entire experience. It kind of sounds like a movie soundtrack, actually. It starts out kind of tribal, and then it gets emotional, and then it ends with sacred chants. There is a specific design to it, but it's, it's, it's the breath kind of that creates the experience, but the music enhances the uh, depth of the experience. Generally, there's two ways to treat experiences in life. One is what we call the horizontal, and one is on the vertical. And the horizontal is how most people kind of walk through life. And it's basically whenever you have an emotional state, projecting the cause of that emotional state on something that's happening in the outside world. And the reality is, if you really take a second and look at it, it's really not that way. As the, as the example of someone cutting in front of you in traffic, one person won't care and another person will get super upset when this, exactly the same thing happens. This reminds me of something that Don Miguel Ruiz said in his trilogy, The Four Agreements, The Mastery of Love and The Voice of Knowledge. And it's that basically there can be a row of people and you can go along to each one and poke each one. And no one will really care. But then all of a sudden, somebody will react. And it's because they already had a wound where you poked. It's something that's already inside you that's coming up for recognition and release. So in order for this breath work to work, people have to let go of this kind of blaming the outside world. And whatever happens, kind of just allow whatever emotions come, to come up to come up and just make it bigger and work with what's coming up inside. And that's the second piece or the puzzle for breathwork that allows it to work. For example, this one girl was having this experience. She was breathing. She was going in a certain direction. And all of a sudden, this guy next to her started making these weird noises. He was going like, uh, 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 uh. at first, jolted her a little bit and, and kind of pulled her out of the direction she was going. But she remembered what we said about, you know, taking things vertical and she just kept breathing. And within a very short period, she dropped into this childhood experience where these noises he was making were very similar to her younger brother's noises he made when she was little. He was autistic. And during her entire childhood, it was about taking care of her younger brother because her parents were at work. So she really didn't even have a childhood. So it brought her into that whole experience of this lost childhood. And it allowed her to ex really experience the grief of this and just release it. And she just felt amazing afterwards. And these crazy noises by this guy next to her, because she took it vertical, allowed her to have this experience. If she had just gone on the horizontal, as we said, and started blaming him for for sending her in a different direction, it just would have pulled her out of her process. So 
So those are really the principles that make it work, you know, along with this like breathing and the music. Watching all these spiritual awakenings and emotional breakthroughs only got Michael more intrigued by neuroscience. So he started to dig a little bit deeper to see what was really going on underneath it all. Unfortunately, people take their past or what they see as having happened into their past and in generally they project it into their future. If they could never do something in their past, their brain will automatically assume that it can happen in the future because that's what their memory says. And most people feel like memory is this kind of photograph that you take as you go through life. And when you remember things from your past, that's exactly what happened. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You really only see about 5% of what's out there and your brain creates the rest based on its expectations and its prior experiences. Your brain is very, very good at making your current life view correct and giving you evidence to support your current life view. So every time you create your or change your life view, your brain will actually change the experiences in your past to agree with your current worldview. And when you hear that, you say, well, that's not possible. No way. But they've done studies and this is really the way it works. As an example, there was one study where they asked people to fill out a questionnaire, young adults, about end-of-life decisions. Like what would you want to happen if you were in a car crash and you were a vegetable, would you want them to pull the plug or not? There was this whole questionnaire. 100 people. A year later, they had those same people fill out the same questionnaires. Out of those 100 people, 23% of people changed their mind, which is... And that's normal. People change their mind. The interesting part about it was that 75% of the people that changed their mind insisted that they'd filled out the questionnaire the same way a year before and that they hadn't changed their mind. So their brain rewrote their history to agree with what they currently believed. And they 100% believe that they filled out the questionnaire the same way a year ago. And just think if that's the way that it happens in one year, Just think about these childhood memories from like 20, 30 years ago. They've probably been rewritten a hundred times. Michael's now integrating his knowledge of neuroscience, transpersonal training, and even self-development in business to create workshops on rewiring your brain and releasing limiting beliefs. From the insights that I got from that, I developed a workshop with my uh, life partner, whose name is Siami. We, We do it together. That based on these, this understanding of perception and memory, we teach people how to create new neural pathways and rewire their brains so they can open up possibilities in their lives that were not open up to them before. If you're interested in learning more about Holotropic Breathwork, you can go to Michael's website at holotropicbreathworkla.com. And if you're in the LA area, I highly recommend one of his workshops. I had a completely unique experience with holotropic breathwork, and that was just from the mini class. So I can only imagine what an entire weekend could do. Next week, we dive into A Course in Miracles with spiritual leader Amy Torres. Amy was sitting in her office as she watched the Twin Towers fall on 9-11. So she will tell us how A Course in Miracles ended up becoming the course of her life. Pun intended. (laughs) Ha ha. She'll also share some of the most effective and life-changing insights from that spiritual path that you can start to apply right away. 
Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 